Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Paula Price Show, where you can experience scripturally organic, culturally unmodified teaching, get answers to your questions, and receive powerful prayer from your host, Dr. Paula Price, author of the Prophet's Dictionary. Tune in now and get ready for an exciting time of encouragement and transformation. Welcome your host, Dr. Paula Price. Like, click that thumbs up and like. 
Apostle Paul Christ page on the Facebook. She's been rolling out actually for several weeks what our apocalyptic journey is all about. I don't know about you, but I have my journal and my binder for my printouts where you can receive them from www.drpaulaaprice.com. Later on, we'll play, we'll play a 30-second commercial for you to know how to download your copy copies of what she's been going through, God's Apocalyptic Prayer Project, the Global Apocalyptic Prayer Project, or GAP for short, because, well, we're standing in the gap. And you know what? We're gaping. It should be like gaping, <laughs> because we have a gaping hole in the edge of the body of Christ. But that's all right. We're here. She said it is with a weighty burden that she takes up uh, at God's word the following Global Apocalyptic Prayer Project. This is a project, and what you need to understand about a project, which is different from a task, and I'm a project manager, so I know on the technical side of a project, a project has a definitive beginning, a definitive ending for a specific set of goals. Now, from that project, you can establish companies, you can have expansions, you can launch initiatives, a lot can follow the project. But the project itself is very um, goal and task oriented. There's a specific outcome that you have when you have a project versus just a wind of inspiration. This is not a wind of inspiration, which unfortunately in the body of Christ we have often been the victims of. Somebody's wind of inspiration, like winds of doctrine, just blowing through. We can sit back and say, oh, yeah, that was the stone so here. Oh, yeah, that was the best one. Yeah, blowing in and blowing out, and unfortunately many times blowing a lot of people's lives down in the process, like a tornado that's blown through. There's a difference between a nice breeze off of the ocean and a tornadic experience that changes your life forever. And so this project has goals, objectives, things that we will be able to recognize in action. Dr. Price has a university, in case you didn't know, and in order to have a successful university, you have to be able to clearly articulate not just objectives, but outcomes in action. And so this prayer project has outcomes, actionable outcomes. You actionize, you peopleize, as we are taught in our institution. And with this, we have our downloads to show us not just how to take action, but how to actually put it in ourselves, how to put it in people and then people to continue. This is not supposed to be uh, a, some sort of, you know, spiritual hype, spiritual high. We're so in love. We're talking about being drunk in the spirit and being high on Jesus. You can tell that we still have an intoxicated mentality in the body of Christ because we usually talk about getting high and not necessarily the things we need to do sober. And as Dr. Price wrote it out last week, the Lord is sobering us up. It's so reminded, <laughs> I told her today, I was going to say something that she had said, but I couldn't remember, was that live? Was that in a conversation? Was that in a, where was that? So I didn't say it because I wasn't sure. And that's good prophetic training. Don't say it if you're not sure. All right? Just don't say it. And so we are so hot. Everything's about being hot, flying high, 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 and not actually being grounded in our right mind to get to work. Let's get the steel ground so we can see if we can slow it around. Uh, but you can tell that some things really work hard on drugs before they met Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> they feel like high on him. Woo! If it's not 
And I was inspired by what she said about that. She said, Apostolic prayer is high priority, high authority prayer for the king and his kingdom. That's the right. You send sober minded people to high places to do business. Now, think like as they, the people, you know, and after the business, they sometimes get a little tipsy, have a little whatever. And that's when you really find out what's going on, which is why very powerful people are sober. For sure, when it's time to do the job, hallelujah, and we're always on that to do the job. Apocalyptic prayer is principality to principality prayer, supernally sovereign and decretal. We are decreeing, and she has, I'm telling you, footnote definition. First of all, if you've read a book like our first, oh, let me talk about this for just a minute. Side trail. So, one of the prophets online, he ordered uh, before the garden, Prophet Jordan, he posted that he got. And so I read to Dr. Price the comments on his post. He was kind of loud. Dr. Price, she is deep, like 12 feet deep, deep in all caps. <laughs> so one of the prophets said, yeah, I'll call you in four years after you break this book. <laughs> prophet said, one of the prophets said, man, I'm, I'm a Wednesday warrior. I've been a Wednesday warrior. He said, you've been doing this thing for two years. He said, wow. And that's it. Thank you. It's because like the word of the Lord, we want it to be featherweight. We want it to be an accessory. Oh, look, I put on Jesus today. Like, I put on my necklace. Just pick it up so nice. It'll be dazzled, be jeweled, make it look just right. And he, but he talks about yokes. My yoke. A burden. Oh, God. Jesus. Man, I picked up God and he was so heavy. Exactly. Exactly. Right. That's why he took the priest's foot to carry him. Okay? Not just somebody spinning him like a basketball on their finger. So I'm like, look what I can do with you. Well, Charters, hey, hey, do a whole bunch of tricks, and we made our Christianity a whole bunch of tricks, and just do my tricks, and slogans, and who can have the baddest flyer for their conference, and the most amazing theme, and who can have the headliners of headliners, but when you go, is it heavy, or is it light? Are you in the heavyweight championship side of the kingdom, or the lightweight, the featherweight? Oh, so you all just start out and you better Jesus. Okay, featherweight kingdom. This is heavyweight stuff, absolutely, because we're the championship ring. When you start talking about dealing with principalities and high powers and the presence of God and his glory, that's not light. That's heavy. You have to be ready and bulk up. Let me tell you, if you come in the gym, bulk up, read your book, get these studies. This is the Social Prophetic Training Institute. Training, 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 training institute. Now, we go high in the spirit. We go deep in education. And you need that high in the spirit, that worship to take you up, clean out your soul, wake up your mind, set you free so you can receive what you're about to learn from all of our keynote speakers. And you can see the lineup is quite impressive. I love it. I love hearing from God's best. Of course, our chief apostle, Dr. Paula Price, always leading the way. In this, we have chief prophet Paula Price who if you are not following Wednesday Warriors, what is your problem and where have you been? You need to find Wednesday Warriors online. Find Paula Price, T-A-L-A, Price. She is from the tree, the root, the fruit of the womb. And yes, Lord, it is real. There is no mistake about it. And you need to get plugged in because you have to have that apostle-prophet combination together dealing with these high things of God and the deep things of God at the same time. Get caught up. Take your future. Take God's future seriously. What we say is, is uh, 
uh, one of the most greatest signs is somebody who is truly an irresponsible leader. They're not thinking about the future of whatever they're leading. Their household, their business, whatever. Girl Scouts, doesn't matter. Not thinking about the future of what they are leading. So we're here with the Lord's presence, but dealing with his future so that the future's presence cannot be this. It could be exactly what he wants and needs it to be. All right, so you want to do that in June. And then we have uh, Prophet Isia Peterson, Apostle Nona Parker, Prophet Samira Alexander. Did I forget anybody? Oh, the Collins. Hello. Prophet Hakeem and Prophet Naeem Collins, our twin prophets, will be back in full effect. I think between the two of them, they've written 15 more books since last year. They're both in love on their work. <laughs> I'm sure there'll be book signings. We will have, bless up. Your book will be out, right, Maya? And assessing your prophetic self. Will be out as well. Dr. Price will be signing books, not the day she teaches, but she will be signing books at the event. We like to give her a breath. So, Friday of the event, she'll sign books. I know they'll be signing books. I'll be everybody sign books around here. I tell you what, we are a publication institution for the Lord Jesus Christ. She said, to Carlo, to complete the definition, to know the kind of power, such as God's graces and virtues. You need to look up and study. Grace is grace and virtue. Years ago, Dr. Price did a teaching on virtue and grace, actually. Uh, many years ago, she did this. When we were doing Let's Just Talk, where God makes sense, television round one, one battle. And she did a night called Greasy Grace. I think I need to find those. Those are pieces of it might be online, but I mean, I know I have them. I might have to repost Greasy Grace. Go back. Throwback. Well, she was taking it on throwback, so let's just talk. Because before she was taking it on, we were talking about it. Taking it on, talking. <laughs> Identifying it as superlative and exquisite makes it a perfect word to distinguish the human and earthly from the divine world, superiority, and excellence. Oh, because we think we have it going on here, this fallen, fading flesh. Don't let how much we're not in control. We're a quarantine. So how much do we really think we have up on God? Come on, already. Super, uh, let's see here. Now, what am I reading? Where am I getting this from? This is the first briefing that Dr. Price released, package number one. Welcome, God's Apocalyptic Prayer Project. And then there is the second one where we're offering a pellet initiative. Make sure I'm getting all these new words right in my own life. The 2020 Strategic Apostolic and Prophetic Prayer Project. So she out here in the second one deals with preparatory prayer. And in our broadcast this week in our pop-ups, you can hear her outline in small clips at a time how to prepare to pray. Think one of the scariest statements she made, but certainly one of the most responsible, was when she said, I believe it was last night's broadcast, that you will put yourself on a suicide mission going out here unready, going out on the enemy's team, really having a Satan, more, definitely more Satan than Jesus, in your life, in your habits, in your routines, and this will be a suicide mission. This prayer project is not saying grace over food. This is not the opening prayer of church. This is not saying a blessing before the football game. This is engaging with principality warfare on a high level, okay? We have to understand because because we have marginalized pretty much everything in the body of Christ. So what you can do, I can do it. I can do it. You can do it. You can pray. I can pray. And what you can say, I can say. You can prophesy. I can prophesy. 
on and on and on we go, we don't realize that there are levels and consequences to action. A consequence, a sequence that follows, uh, can have backlash, you can have breakthrough, but if you're jumping out there unprepared, not un- and unconsecrated and unready, it's like, you know, when you're running a marathon, you have to ideally practice, bulk up or lean down, whichever you need to do, change your diet and prepare so that the race doesn't kill you, literally take you out, stroking out, deep stroke, sunstroke, just wear yourself out, not prepared. You cannot just have a, a spiritually sedentary lifestyle and then jump into rigorous spiritual warfare activity. It's not going to work. This is why so many people don't exercise or work out. They jump out there after not doing anything for a long time. Their body lets them know that was a very bad idea to do it that way. And then they say, see, this is why I don't work out. This is why I don't exercise. No, this is why you should have prepared and been more responsible. This is what you should have done. You should have moved with a plan and not just inspiration. So I'll picture somebody realize summertime is almost coming. Oh, we're going on vacation. The beaches are going to be open again. Wait a minute. And you throw yourself out there and you kill yourself. No. And so a lot of things get themselves taken out because they venture out there into realms of the spirit in which they are not prepared. They're not authorized. And they get pushback. Pushback can look like sicknesses in your body, things happening in your family, money going crazy, losing your mind. We have seen all types of backlash because of unauthorized entry or ill-timed entry. Or how about this? Going out there by yourself and you should have a team. You know, assassins may work by themselves, snipers and everything like that. Outside of that, even the elite teams going in may be small in number, but they're powerful in punch. And so you, even if you go out small in number, you better be with people who have some clout and some muscle if you're going in deep. Otherwise, stay in those local realms. Pray for your neighborhood. Pray for your family. That, that might be Project enough. Those two places. Who knows who lives next door to you or what your kids brought home yesterday and what you got into that night. So pray for that. Maybe the school system. Branch out to your city. Then maybe cover your state. See how God responds. Do you have state jurisdiction in the spirit realm? You would need to know. So for us, we're tied to somebody who has a realm, a level, high clearance in the kingdom. Lesson, high clearance in the kingdom. But that doesn't mean that everybody who's with her can go in those places. A lot of people work in the White House. Not everybody has Oval Office access. A lot of people say they work for the government. Well, I work for the government. Well, what do you do? Sanitation. Oh. Now, you need clearance for that because you are taking out the trash of some high-level people. But that's all you're doing. Versus I work for the government. Well, what do you do? I work on Capitol Hill. What do you do? <laughs> so you have to keep asking and keep asking and keep asking, what is your clearance? Do you have a job that nobody knows really exists? Uh-huh. Oh, okay, so you can't really say what you do. No. Oh, what of those jobs. And so when we jump into this, actually we're not just jumping into this. You can see we are taking our time. When Dr. Price pulled this out, she said, man, I thought this was going to be one thing, and the world was like, uh, no. This is 
a campaign. And if you've ever run a campaign, it's not really milly. It's not impulsive. It's not knee-jerk. And it's not fast, quick, and in a hurry. Even commercial campaigns are a huge investment. Time, money, resources, budget, executive platform, outlet to show. All right, the, the golden arches and what they're doing. She outlines what is global apocalyptic prayer. Yes, project is supernal, sovereign, appellate, appellate prayer. See, you need to watch the broadcast. It's so funny to me. It is authoritative, principality prayer where earth's victims and judgments are escalated to Jesus' throne by the way of his apocalyptic sons and daughters. That's what we're doing. Oh, well, that's serious. Yes, it is. Have you even seen Jesus' throne? Do you know he is still on one? Because we're talking about him being our dear brother and our loving Savior, and he's thrown in sovereign. This is thrown. We're feeling the, the throne smackdown right now. The throne smackdowns are not your idea. Your opinions don't matter. Your fears have no effect. Apocalyptic prayer engages opposing forces and agencies from heaven's high seat where the Lord's authority is directly invoked as creation. Sovereign. Bless the Lord. It is prayer-led and engaged in by mature, and you can tell yourselves, everybody tell your neighbor online, mature. She said mature. Mature, extensively seasoned spiritual intermediary agents and representatives. If you are immature in your prayers, you need to support the work. And be careful how deep you go and keep the word intermediary in mind because it is concentric to apocalyptic, supernal prayer. What I really, really, really love about being in this organization, being in here, being in the Congregation of the Mighty, is we have, because of Dr. Price, who she is in her research, a whole new, truly, dispensation that is being released to it. This is the dispensation of apostleship, opening up new realms of the spirit, literally new realms of the spirit, opening up new portals and corridors. And see, we said prayer portal. Now, we taught on it, but wait, well, just pray this time, and we learned it. But whenever you hear about other people talking about portals and spiritual this and that, and it's, it's kind of this whole ethereal thing. But whenever you learn it here, we are learning that God, he's pulling back the veil on his world to us. And with that comes tremendous weight, tremendous responsibility, uh, tremendous, sometimes obstacles, because it's not just the fun times. It's the, it's, we're fighting his warfare. We're fighting the Lord's obstacles. We're engaging in what is engaging against him, which is why this isn't for kids. This isn't for playtime in the kingdom. This isn't for those who are just out, to, again, going back to having your next spiritual high. We are doing real battle, real warfare. Nobody goes to war out of their mind unless you don't intend on coming back. We are taking on God's enemies. We are taking on his warfare. We are taking on what is coming against him and his church directly and quite offensively, I might add, and quite overtly. There was a time when you used to argue about what was this and what was that, and no, it's not deep, and no, that's not, and now it's all in our faces. The enemy is all in our face. His agenda is down our throat, and running the church sideways and everything else. And we now have a responsibility 
Christianity and get to work. And this Apocalypse Repair Project, Global Apocalypse Repair Project, yeah, is about getting to work. It's time that we get to work as the body of Christ. It's time that apostles and prophets work in the spirit realm. And not just work uh, in raging tongues that you're not really sure what happened. We came back with a great song. That's great. But did we do business? We, you should have come back with those things. But is that a, is your song, your great song, a sign of what God did? Or was that just your last escapade in the spirit realm? You have to know the difference between the two. And so we have a lot of terms that you want. Yes, get out of your dictionary. Get out of your brain. This is God. This is the Lord. Get out of that brain. Please stop saying that you listen to your word. Go, please, Lord, have mercy. Now, there are times that we do play the word while we sleep so that there's no room for the enemy to get in. Is that word just creates mental firewall in your sleep realm. But that's not a substitute or a knockout. Oh, you know what? I just was so restless. I just thought I'd read my Bible so I could fall asleep. Not read my Bible until I decided it was time to go to sleep. Okay? It's not a narcotic. It's just, it's a downer. I'm just, I'm just flying so high to see the downer. Let me get out of my Bible. And what, read something really boring? I mean, this is kind of how a lot of saints believe it talk. So stop saying that. And if you're in the congregation of the mighty, for sure, stop that. You ready? I could teach it. But this one said Jesus is all of It will be at a recording here. And a recording, it will be at a recording here. me. <laughs> you know, I've cast all of our minister, prophets, Apostles, five folders, three folders, three mm-hmm. folders. Yes. Just want you to know, office holders. Mm-hmm. I've tasked everyone to teach it to their particular constituency. Yes. yes. You know, I like that constitution constituency. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't, it's constituency is not just a um, an ideal or, or a
Jesus Christ. I don't care what the devil tells you. Because Jesus has a single anointing. So we got part of Jesus' anointing and faith. And Jesus spends a lot of time, particularly in the book of John, John's Gospel, telling us what that new shop anointing looks like, how it behaves, how it shows up, what it mutated to, all of that. He showed it. See, one of the things I said to God, Father God, I love you very much, I love this man.
and I defined it along the lines of spiritual purity. And one of the things about spiritual purity is that the one statement, and I know you know them all, she's been teaching, she's been advising some days for how long? Ten, twelve years. And they do this. You can talk. When we say, um, when we say go and sign up for prophetic advisement, we're not talking about somebody sitting around going, that's what the Lord the Lord is showing you. No, no, no. No, 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 no. Because we operate on the logo, the logic of God. And that is what we use in our counsel and our advisement. It is holistic. Bible says that we don't have the whole counsel of God. So they do holistic counsel. So when we say that we, we advise or we talk about spiritual purity, we're talking about the ability to do what Hebrews 4, 12 says. Make those fine line distinctions. Those hair breath distinctions yeah. between Satan and God, because he can look like he, look like he behaved as God, because God was maker. He had no other model. He's not a template, but you have to look deeper than that. And so spiritual wisdom, I just gave you spiritual wisdom. I said, but only he has that anointing. Anointing is in the Bible all over the place. I have some good theologians that listen, and you all, I'm some of those good old Testament scholars, absolutely love that. I love that they do that. Because they, 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 they validate what I'm getting from a person. They validate it in print. And so they, they know that. So when I said to you that only him, he's the only one that had that anointing. And God, that showed how providential the Almighty was. He knew, like he knew with Adam, somebody was going to sin. Somebody was going to dislike him, disapprove of him, want to do it their way. God knew that. So he outfitted him for his fault. Because there was, I don't know why God made the devil. God didn't make the devil. Jesus said the devil is self-made. But what is self-made about? Everything contrary to God. All he had to do was invert himself. And he's a new being. Y'all Yes. It was a basic family way. Mm-hmm. When you're talking about the events that you did, children who grow up mm-hmm. and act like nothing that they were raised to be Absolutely. because they got their own ideas in their head yes. about what they thought a dog should be. Yes. And that's self-made. So, so in a sense, of, that's why he said, you know, the devil sins from the beginning and he tells you how he made himself. He abode not in the truth. He left the sphere, the realm of truth. There was nothing outside that realm until he created the opposite. There was nothing outside that realm. He created the realm called a lie. Now, to us, a lie is an untruth, somebody saying something that isn't so. Not in God's realm. In God's realm, a lie literally created an alternative, an antithesis, an antithetic version of what the maker did. And that's why lions burn up. That's exactly why. Why John knew that when he wrote in the Revelation, he twenty one eight, he said that all liars have their part in the lake of fire. Why? Because the, it was a liar. The liar is Satan's invention. He said when he when he speaks a lie, he invented it. He invented the lie. That's why when you look at 
outwardly looking like he's the same. Inwardly, plotting, scheming, and infected God's society, his civilization, and his population. And it was very simple. It wasn't hard. That's when so many Lord said, well, until iniquity is found in him, because he worked on converting himself by but some of you all did before you apostatized. He worked on converting himself first by purging himself of everything his maker. Wow. But Cain, you know, Cain's story is very telling. And it's no wonder that God, uh, that John calls him in First John 5 of the wicked one, the son of the wicked one, the sister. Because, you know, Cain is the wicked one. And the wicked one touch him not. And a lot of times we think wicked, we just think like blood, gore, and grizzly. You know what I'm saying? Sure, sure, we yeah, think that. Yeah. Wicked is a wisdom contrary to life. Mm-hmm. Wicked is a insidious, and wicked actually comes from that. It, 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 when you look at wicked, wicked and wicked sinners, which, which, you know, you realize which is WIT, is knowledge and intelligence. You know, and so we we don't get this, and this is what I class on apocalyptic elect is going to be about. We're, when next week we'll start building to con- constructing and constituting you, because Jesus made a statement. I don't know about anybody else, but the man said something as the sovereign Almighty, something that every sovereign needs to process and explore and investigate. He said, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Jesus said, be wise as serpents. Going back to that anointing, that Nimshok anointing. He said, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. All words for anointing is Mashiach on Mashiach, whichever way you want to say it, Mashiach, that's our word. His not. Mm-hmm. Because God knew that the minute he exercised what he fantasized, then he would construct it. This is, this is important. He would construct it, constitute it, and then he would actionize it, and then procreate it. So that made him the first. So he was going to be the first of anything has all the fullness. See, Jesus was the first, so please God that it have all the fullness. Just for anybody here, what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. You know, that firstborn is a big deal. And that is why you need to be careful about who's going to be your firstborn. Because firstborn belongs to the paternal and genetic or genealogical deities. So, you know, those one night stand flames, y'all just thought was going to turn out on by. Some of them did. By the grace of God, and some of them didn't. But you need to recognize that people gave great thought to who is what they bring into existence. So he goes, and he's number one, which means he has, now he does this after God has let us, you know, wound them, he gets them wounds with his world, he wounds them, but on and on and on. Because when you read his story and you put it together, mm-hmm. it's pretty tragic. Mm-hmm. And it's and everything he does is pure. Wow. Because God pulled his power out of him. 
You took it. Look at the saints that have turned on God, thinking, well, you know, like Sam, like Sam said, well, I can get up and do what I've always done. No, honey, you ball. And I'm going to tell you, today, today, Sam, they shaved that boy's hair, put him under a microscope. He's being a lab. They've been a bottle back oh, there. Yes. Honey, you can reach out every strand with the DNA. Everybody put it in the spit, the cell, and everything. Trust me, Jesus 
or whatever country. So I'm telling you, see, if that's what the populistic mind, that's what we're going to have. I've been saying for how long, let this mind be in you, which was also, I like also, also in Christ Jesus. I like that Paul said Christ Jesus in that particular passage and not Jesus Christ. Why? Because whichever name he puts first, that is the rank and that is the aspect of his eternal godhood that is being discussed. So Christ Jesus means let this mind be in you, which was also in eternity anointed sovereign, who became a savior. Oh, I don't know about you. Second, I'm something should have happened. I just thought my dish should have been something. Yes, yes. Is this, is this speaking to you all? I just need you to understand that from, from the time I introduced this, God has put me on assignment. He, he defined, literally defined and refined my commission. My commission is based on Acts 26, 18. Huh? To turn them from, this is what Jesus said in Paul, to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. Those missionaries back in the 18th and 19th century told those people they didn't have to put down their gods. They turned on God. You didn't, if you don't convert the people, you will convert this reason for you. All of these pastors today talking about God doesn't mind and whatever. Uh, there are some great ones out there, so all of the great pastors out there, God bless you, I praise you, I ask God to keep you going and on and on. But let's get real. We're in a sad state of existence because there seems to be more against you than with you. See, the whole objective, and this is how you, you, you evaluate allegiance. This is how you evaluate and assess fidelity by the fruit. You shall know them by their fruit. And so we're looking at the fruit of a church that looks like the dragon. Looks like they've been dragged into the dragon. And you're trying to say it's Jesus Christ? No. You are under Satan's fallen anointing. And we recognize it. So we're going to talk about this as we go forward as the offspring of the Godhead. We're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about it. We're going to explain it. I'm going to give you all of the features and the faculties and, and the functions of an apocalyptic offspring of the Godhead because the Bible says, let this mind be in you, but he also said, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And then he said, what? He said, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, he can't be crazy, so we need to find out where that is. This is who we are. God is God apocalyptic. He said, I go, you know, God takes us from glory to glory, faith to faith, and strength to strength. So we're going from the last phase to the next phase. Not just phase, faith. We're going from the last strength to this strength. We're now adding to our weight of glory by going from glory to glory. This is what we're doing. It's clear. And as long as you keep playing this, you have to keep playing this. Do you understand that? We're, we're going to uh, start offering them as a store eventually, but you need to keep playing this because it needs to re-script your soul. 
Because you, you cannot be bold if you don't believe in the source of your boldness or the objective or reasons for your boldness. Boldness is what has a reason. It has a rationale. And so you have to stop, you know, you need to stop being cold into Christ and start being bold in him. And, but you can't do that just because somebody says it. That's not it. That's not how the humans work. That's not how humanity works. And so you have to know that. And you've got to start this process, baby. You've got to start this thing with your identity anchored in Christ. God said the anchor of your soul. You must anchor your soul in this calling because there was no no one else, no other five-folder, three-folder brought the church into into existence or preached the gospel except the apostles. The only other prophet that preached it, most of them didn't know what they were saying. Moses understood what he was saying. Enoch understood what he was saying. Noah understood what he was saying. Hear me. Abraham understood the gospel. Those are the prophets that God revealed it to. Ezekiel, Daniel. You understand? You cannot ignore the prophets. You cannot do that. I've sat with leaders and said, well, we just don't want the prophets. I don't know what to tell you. You don't want, you don't want God to do it because he said your prosperity comes in prophets. You cannot do that. There's a reason why Paul, uh, Moses said, man, I wish that all the Lord's people were prophets. I know it's impossible because they just don't have the spirit of those, above, whatever. Paul says you can all prophesy. All of the, everything that's got the Holy Ghost in it can prophesy. Not everybody in this that has the Holy Spirit can discharge the office manifestations and, and operations of prophets of the office. That's our job. My job is to make that clear to you. See, I am... You know, people talk about this is my ministry. I have a ministry. But I have something higher than a ministry. Oh. I have a commission. Mm-hmm. And my commission, hallelujah, is to see to it that Acts 26, 18 happens. The fact that we've had all of this apostolic, prophetic, blah, 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 for the last 30, 40 years, and we have not heard Acts 26, 18, mm means that we are now having to pull y'all from Satan. Because he thinks he's wrong. And then we have to pull Satan out of you because you thought it was right. You understand, Jesus had a church that said, that the, you know, the church of Fire Tire, which was the commercial church. That's, you know, that's interesting. And who learned the depths of Satan? Mm-hmm. You all don't know. It. You, you don't even know that you were baptized. The depth means you were baptized into Satan's genre, his generation. His doom, his degeneration. You don't know that. But that's our job because you can't be apocalyptic and not know that. How are you going to be apocalyptic? What is God? You, you don't need to be apocalyptic if you're, if you're, if you're caught up in Satan. He's not veiled, he's not hidden. He, he, he took himself from behind the veil. And when he did, it was really wonderful because we got a chance to see who we were. And what we aren't. We are hidden. The world is waiting for us. The world, creation, all creation, not just cities and governments and all of that, all creation is waiting for us. When you look at that little pitiful animal commercial about what people are doing to the animals, that's us. 
all of that. Our job is to end that. That's our job. That is our duty to the Almighty as, as their offspring. That's our duty. Our job. With Dr. Christ, we can't all do it. Yes, you can. If you go and move those principalities, if you move those powers, if you dis, uh, disconnect these people from the devil that they called up from the ground and called down from heaven, you do your job, nothing good, nothing but good can take their place. But it's our work. It's the work of the apocalyptic children of the Almighty. It is our job, guys. This is not a move. This is not some sort of fun little game. This is not a club. We're not a fraternity or a sorority. We are the the sovereigns, the under-sovereigns of the Almighty. We are the children, the sub-sovereigns of the King of Kings. We are his sovereigns in the planet. We have the authority, and we've been talking about our authority. Nobody told you that authority has a duty and has a responsibility. We are not vanity sovereigns. I, I told God when he gave me my I'm going to tell you right now, God, if, if, if this is not real, you're not backing it, I don't need it. I'm so serious. I said, I'm not going to be a vanity anything. I'm not going to be a vanity apostle. I'm not going to be a vanity prophet. That's why I made it my business to study and to learn and to practice. And I went through all of those drills that he gave me. And I went through all of that stuff. And let me tell you something, I had more drills than thrills. Because I told him, I will not be a vanity apostle. I won't do it. I will, if, if I'm not going to have the fullness of the Godhead, if that stuff is not going to be actionized in me, then leave me over here and let me just be somebody's grandmother and be happy. I won't do it. And I told my leaders, I don't have them. People look at my, my team and, and they say, but boy, y'all, y'all something, because you're not going to carry a vanity title. I don't give vanity titles. And I don't, give, I don't put on feudal labels. So when I say you're a prophet, you better prove to me you're a prophet. And I expect you to behave like a prophet, think like a prophet, walk, talk, smell, sniff, teach, sing as a prophet. And I do the same thing with my apostles. I don't have vanity. See, and but the reason we have vanity is because the people who put us in power did not know what it meant, did not understand, did not do their research as far as they were concerned. Now, I thought this for the church, and everybody knows that it's insignificant. Everybody knows that. We went and had those, those off-the-cuff uh, uh, commissionings and off-the-cuff this and that. You've yeah. never studied anything. You've never learned what it is. And you are commissioned. You, you've got the commissioning of a decommissioned. <laughs> they can't be badly. If you, if you ever talk to them, ever talk to them and ask them how did they know, they don't. Step into these offices and not know what they're doing and not know what the office is going to do. And I let them stay after 18 months. When I first put them in office, 18 months, you're on probation because if it doesn't suit you, it's going to kick you out. Because it's just going to kick you right out the office. Because this thing is guarded by the seven angels of the seven churches. And this thing is guarded by Moses and Elijah. That's who showed up for Jesus when it was time for him to leave the planet. So there are guardians that you have nothing to do with. If this thing is guarded by that, that uh, uh, prophetic angel that spoke to John in Revelation 19, he said, we are fellow laborers, so you don't get to make up the rules. You get to fall in line. Now, if you decide not to get in line, God lets you slide right on over there. Like he let Lucifer, you slide right on over there. And there was one third angel 
he, Lucifer got rid of God's problems, smashed him out of his realm, brought him down to earth. You should understand. And you've been taught by people who've never explored, explored this thing. Now, God's been working on this since forever. I found uh, text and information from the you know, 17th century, 18th, 19th, 20th century. Yes, it did. I buy old everything because I'm telling you that the enemy had to obsolete us. When something, something about us, they said that's obsolete. That's because Satan obsoleted us and we didn't fight it. We did not fight to stay current or present. And that's what God is looking for. So when you're going to talk about being apocalyptic, I don't do vanity. I'm going to tell you right now, I do not. I am an all-in girl. Jesus knew that. I don't know, Jesus. I'm all in. Because let me tell you something. I'm all in or I'm not. Mm-hmm. And I don't have a problem with that. I, I'm t- but I know this man, and I know what he needs, and I know what he wants by what he shared with me. And he's given me literally thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of pages. You can talk to any one of my team of stuff all over the place that tell me what he wants. And I wonder if he said it or not. I've, I've written too much. First of all, about 1,600 words. Dictionary, you think I would probably have a handle on him talking? <laughs> Not my testimonial, and that is what we're going to be. This, this here, apocalyptic. Oh no, we are going to be the offspring of Godhead. We are definitely going to do that, and we're going to be the fullness of the Godhead in the planet. We're going to do that, and I don't care what age we are. We may not all be at the same level. There are going to be some, you know, like some close to the. Tabernacle and then spirit, you know, spinning out to the Father, but we're going to be that because that is what the Lord Jesus wants. And we're going to learn the secret to success in God is giving him what he wants, the way he wants it on his terms. I'll say that again. The secret to, to uh, succeeding in God is giving him what he wants, the way he wants it on his terms. See, we want to give God what we want on our terms and tell him to want it or like it because he gives us the desires of our heart. That first one, that scripture's wrong because it said, delight yourself in the Lord. God never writes himself out. Never. He never writes himself out the narrative. Ever. So when you hear those, those uh, what do you call it, those uh, abbreviated versions, you need to understand that that's flesh. <laughs> God never writes himself out. He said, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. The man is so smart, you miss the whole point. Mm-hmm. He said, if you're delighting in me, I can give you the desires of your heart because I made myself the principal desire. Mm-hmm. I think that's cool. Don't you think that's wonderful? Yeah. You know, and then we, James, mm-hmm. resist the devil and he will flee. Mm-hmm. Same thing. To submit yourself to God. See, God never writes himself out of the narrative, ever. He said, because my glory I will not give to another. So if you're going to be sovereign, you're going to, you're going to operate, you're going to step into that kingly realm, that queenly realm, that monarchical realm of God, then you need to recognize that a whole attitude change, attitude shift must happen because you're going to have to stop living off the kingdom and start being the kingdom that people live through. 
So you can no longer just think like you did with, uh, as an evangelical, charismatic, good old fundamental, not if you're called to be apocalyptic. Nobody is knocking that out. I promise you, we need that because this is step by step, glory to glory, faith to faith, glory to glory, strength to strength. So that, we, we, those are the pass-throughs. We've got to pass through all of that. I did. I did. I passed through all of that to get to why I'm on the planet and why I'm in the king's service. That's important. So you need that. We need, yes, you do. You need all of the Sunday schools. You need all of those teachings. You need all of that information because when you are going to sit in a high seat, you cannot be ignorant of everything in your realm. You can't be naive. You must, I mean, you're going to have to give up the simplicity that is in Christ. No, no, no. Paul was not talking to those who were his leaders. He was talking to those who were populating the spheres he was creating. You need to know. You need to know what the Anabaptists said and what the Catholics said and whatnot. You need to know for a number of reasons, to be informed, but you need to know where God stopped running with them and what got them off point. When did they move from the throne and, and the king to the kingdoms of this world and the commandments of men? You need to know that. That's how we got here. We're, we're here right now because we didn't think about that. We, didn't, we never practicalized the scripture. We never did. And I told you, my, my, right now, my fundamental is the technology of our theology. That's why I can tell you about the anointing and the differences in those anointings. Because, see, we only wanted to appreciate the anointings that were in Christ. And then we wanted to envy the anointings that were in the world. See, because you envied them, you bought into his anointing because his number one motivation was envy. That's why God said don't envy the world because it shifts your anointing. It migrates your anointing from the Holy Ghost to Satan, doomed creatures and realms because he's the first thing God killed. The first being God killed. See, but you need spiritual wisdom to know that. Because if you don't get that line upon line upon line upon line upon line, you 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 miss it. And so we, and, and we fell into the habit of just quoting. We just quote, and then and it was so bad, it got so good that the first generation quoted it correctly. The second one got it almost right. By the time we got to the fourth generation, we're paraphrasing. <laughs> we don't know what God said. And you have all of these, all of these uh, theologians. You think Satan doesn't have theologians. And you listened to them. You went to those schools and you listened to them. And you bought them. And you said, well, they must be right. Why? Because it was something you hadn't heard of before? So to us, the rule is the unfamiliar has got to be right. Uh-huh. And the familiar has got to be wrong. Isn't that what kids do to their parents? Oh, yes. They leave their parents home, go and venture out into the world, and all of a sudden mom and dad are dumb and stupid, etc. And all their friends are right, and all of their friends' friends, and then they pick up all of those habits, and what do you know? They venture out from, from safe and sound to lost and doomed. Mm-hmm. I never, ever, in all of the years I've been with this man, and I've been with him since 1982, I never thought that Jesus was wrong about anything. I never, I, I've read translations in Bible. And I'm telling you, I've read some and they're wrong, and y'all have to worry about them. But I don't know. And you, you know me, because 
listen to this, writings reflect the author. So when I started reading paraphrases and all of these other statements that, uh, that literally conflicted and contradicted the author of our salvation, I didn't have a problem with discernment. Discernment is a gift. And if you mess it up, it stops working. Like anything. He said, with the same measure you need it out, it's going to be given back to you. And so if you continually assume that, that you, you have everything that God wants to say or you've got it worked out and you know what is and is not God, you won't get more. People peak at the point of their arrogance. Arrogance is the cap, and ego is the seal. That's why he said knowledge puffs up. So I never did. I'm just, I, 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 you know, I, this has been my phrase, let God be true and every man alive. Every human is alive. Everyone. Some of them are deliberate liars. Some of them are malicious and malevolent liars. Some are just deceived and naive. But every one of us, because we don't have all knowledge, we just don't. And if we had access to all knowledge, our little brains couldn't take it. We'd be crying. I know what God does when he doesn't shit it, but my mind. There are times I'm like, ow, ow. That's all right. He has the best sedative. I just want to sleep. <laughs> Why do I share this? Yeah, I can, you can, you, I can go as deep as you want to go, but I still have to let you know we are the same. We're in this planet together, and I have to let you know how I got here so that you can understand and cooperate with the journey and the process and the parameters and the procedures. You see all that? And the protocol I, he gave them. He wants us to do it because God can't back a lie. And so you keep trying to do that. The minute God backs a lie, he belongs to Satan. In that very instance, why do you think Jesus was on the mountain with us talking about, no, no, I know this. I can give you all of this. And Jesus was like, are you kidding me? A, you stole it, and B, it's on lease. It's on loan. I'm about to repossess this thing. So why would I pay what I'm about? Why would I surrender to you what I'm about to repossess? Satan knew he threw up. Jesus showed up for a reason to end his his control over the planet and creation. He understood that. That's why the first thing he wanted to do is try to get Jesus to sell out to by buying into his pretended package. He pretended to say. This is like son, nobody gives up a kingdom at all. So I understand your life. Because who's going to give all of this here up when all of this defines you? All of this makes you. All of this supplies you. All of this, You're wearing this. This clothes you. You're clad in this. You're not giving this up. But you know, if, if, if he was naive and dumb like a lot of these preachers today, he'd buy the package and open up the envelope and it said, fool. Idiot. All my personal faith got you. So we can't walk around like that. I'm going to share a couple of passages with you if I can, because I think it's important. One of the things, passages, because we're going to learn about sovereign. The whole Bible is about sovereign and their subjects. And who's sovereign and who's subject? Proverbs 31, the words of King Lemuel, 
the prophecy that his mother taught him. I've watched in the Bible and more mamas put their children in their feet than anyone else. Yeah. Mamas are going, because the mother's like, because the nine months after carrying you, Come on now. <laughs> I want you to understand. Let me tell you, I wasn't just toting the load. <laughs> and so um, Lemuel here is a nickname or pet name for Solomon. And you know, Solomon came from Bathsheba. Now, interestingly about um, Bathsheba is when you get to Matthew, you find out God's still mad with her. He won't name her. Whenever God's done with something, he takes their name. What did he do with Lucifer? He took his name. When he's done with you, he takes your name, and he names you according to your shame. That old red dragon, the serpent, when God, and when God is with you, he changes your name because he's giving you new powers and new stature and new everything. So here, the words of King Lemuel is Solomon and the prophecy that his mother, Bathsheba, taught him. So Bathsheba's like, I might have messed up with God. I understand that I called my first husband. I, I'm telling you, lost the first kid I had and all that. But let me just tell you this. I know I'm carrying a king. She knew what she was carrying. And so, why? Well, she got pregnant by a king. Anyway, what, my son, and what the son of my womb? And what the son of my vows. Do you see the three things, her three criteria? She said, number one, you're the son of my womb. Secondly, he said, she said, the son of my womb and what the son of my vows. First of all, starting with you are my son. You have a duty to groom your children for their destiny. I, I, I think in no other time in modern history, have parents had a better shot at recovering their children, pulling their children back from the brink of destruction, pulling their children into their womb, back into your womb, back into, so you can instruct them for your destiny because she made a vow that if, clearly, she said, now listen, you know, your God took the first kid. I promise you, I'll give this one to you. And so she said, give not by strength to women, nor by ways to that which destroys kings. Come, she. Oh, this is powerful stuff. Just that thing. We haven't even got anywhere. We're just talking about that. Because, you know, you read Proverbs 31, and all you know is Proverbs 31 woman. Right. But, you know, it's a Proverbs 31 woman who wrote it, yeah, or at least dictated it, to her son, the king. And so she's saying, if you're a womanizer, you are always, this is, this is so costly. Okay, come on, grab a cloth. Come on, grab a cloth. It's slap time. Ready? On the count of three. One, two, hey. Yeah. That was good. Slap time. So he, she, she's saying any man who is a womanizer is a good target for seduction. Now, you ask any governor, a government, you ask any espionage agency in the world, and they'll tell you, I throw enough women at him, he will fall. What took out Samson? We can go on. So he's saying, if you can't control your pocket part, then you are vulnerable to destruction. 
all of this walking around here, mama baby, daddy baby, and all of that. You think, are you kidding me? <laughs> are you kidding me? That is, that is, that mindset alone. That's why Hollywood keeps pushing it. They keep pushing infidelity, keep pushing fornication, because they know what it is to get trapped in your need to be inside of a woman all the time. And know that anybody can use that against you. So they play the romance card. They play the fornication card. They play the free sex card, because they know. And they know that women who need to have men inside them all the time will take a devil without thinking. Because <laughs> 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 now what you think, that's how you were able to reproduce those kids Ooh. that have all kinds of issues. Because oh you need it back. And you can't need something that makes you vulnerable <laughs> more than you need something that makes you powerful. <laughs> Verse 4. I'm almost done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, those glasses are cracking me. <laughs> First of all, listen to this. It is not for kings, O Lemuel. It is not for kings to drink wine, nor for princes strong drink. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that something? Yes. Yeah. It is not for kings to drink wine. And so we use the G- but Jesus. Wine. They didn't have juice and fruit. He could have water or he could have wine. He'd already turn water and wine. So there you go. So let me just tell you, but Jesus was not, he could not be made drunk. He, his, his judgment could not be impaired. You can talk all day long, but God says your, your need for, for um, booze, your need for the little nightcap is a trap cat. He said, now listen to why. There's a wisdom to this. Yeah. Yeah. He said, let they drink and forget the law and pervert the judgment of any, I love this, of any of the afflicted. Give strong drink to him that is ready to perish. So you're not on your deathbed and wine to those with every heart. Depression. Let him drink and forget his poverty. See, we talked about the casino. Drink and forget your problems, okay? And remember his misery no more. I thought that was powerful. And you said, Master, you know, because I like my folks to say, well, that's Old Testament, but don't you know that they said bishops aren't to drink? That's right. Paul told them, bishops, don't drink, because they forget judgment. They can't figure right. They lose touch with right and wrong. Right. So, you can talk to me all day long about drinking. As a matter of fact, we were in a discussion once, and, and, and so they were ready to do it. And somebody who knew me well said, you're, you don't want to do that one. You don't want to talk to her about that. <laughs> you want to just leave her alone. Let her drink her juice. Let her drink her juice. Don't talk to her. You cannot persuade me. Not if you're sitting in the seat of authority. You can't because... Everybody knows it impairs judgment. Everybody talks about it. Well, it relaxes me. Right, that means it relaxes your judgment center. So you you begin to slide off, not to mention that it it, it, it subtly makes you 
feel that you're better when you're intoxicated. Who believes that lie? An addict? An alcoholic? That's who believes that. But if you're going to be king, if you're going to be sovereign, you're going to have to make sure that you keep your judgment faculties at peak performance. Team? So we've been talking here about the era of the apocalyptic elect Christian. Come on, King. I, I need you all to recognize that this is a being. This is not a trend. This is not a theory or a theology. This is a being. Beings produce theories. They produce theology, philosophies. But they start as beings, people. Beings, organic, genetic, genealogical beings. Shift your mind. Shift your mind. Shift it from thinking that this is just how you believe. This is not a belief. This is a being. Your acceptance of that being means that what they produce, generate, display, operate, and demonstrate. I hope somebody hears me. Makes you a believer. I love the word belief because it's about lifestyle. We're going to talk about this all next week. We're going to talk about the constitution of the apocalyptic elect or offspring of the Godhead. That's what we're going to talk about. We're talking about that next week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Are you ready? Yeah. And that's the, oh, you got a new book? Yeah. I different got Oh, yeah. Okay, you trying to, who are you trying to grow up and show up? I have, no. <laughs> I'm trying to keep it all one time. I hear you. Okay. <laughs> I'm ready to hear from you. No, this is, that's really powerful. I was actually, I was trying to look real quick because another place in Proverbs really gave some wisdom to what you were saying. It talks about the fact that, you know, wine causes the heart to utter. Yeah. I was trying to find that scripture real fast that causes the heart to utter things uh, that are perverse, essentially, mm-hmm. and then uh, causes your, uh, and, and then the other scripture that talks about, you know, you, you become drunken. You don't know what hits you. Yeah. You don't know if somebody hurts you. There's so much practicality in terms yeah. of the drinking aspect. Um, that just thought was powerful. So well, I'm saying somebody out there might find it for it because yeah. I was thinking about those same passages. Yeah. Right? With Proverbs defines the alcoholic yeah. and the, the sadness and the, the um, atrocities that happen to them that they don't know. Yes. And, and that's a fact, you know, so I thought it was really powerful. Uh, so many things that you said today, I wanted to go back. You talked about the fact that, you know, the world is waiting for us. You said we have to know um, our job and our duty, and I love that you said, and I wanted you to speak on this just a little bit more because you, you're you birthing something here with Apocalypse of Children. We've been talking about it in some of our other broadcasts, too. Um, you said this is not a move. This is our authority, duty, and responsibility. So are we moving are we moving into apocalyptic times, or are we already there? And what are some of the markers of that for us that we need to be aware of? Well, I, I think the question is powerful. The first thing I would like to tell you is that everything is stages. You know, when we preach something, we preach it as if somebody has just dropped a ball on us, a bomb on us. Mm-hmm. Not that we are moving progressively, advancing towards an ultimate, but all Everything God does begins as a seed. Remember, Jesus said that. Seed begins as a seed, then you get the blade, and then you get the corn, and then you finally get the whole thing. So we have got to realize that everything is seed-like. So the seed has been in the ground and inseminating the world 
as long as the church has been on the planet. And even with Israel, God's first nation. So, uh, there you go. But ultimately, God is getting ready. We're getting ready to explode on the scene. And this is a word. I'm so glad you you know. Ask God if I should share this. But God showed me this. This whole preparation is a readiness program for Him flicking the switch. Mm-hmm. Now this is a. I mean, this is flip. You know, switch flicking preparation really is because He showed me. He said, now when they when they understand me, when they can choose and they can obey and they can act and they can respect and regard responsibly. He said, I'm turning the new creation faculties on in millions and millions and millions of Christians. So this is giving you the mindset, it's giving you the classes and the training if you are one of those. He said, because all of this came with the new birth. It's always there, and it's been growing in secret and, and strengthening in secret. And so I see them, and I see all of these spirits, the human spirit, well, not the the, the New creation spirits, and I see them going from like sleeping darkness to solid electrified energy from within. See, this is what the enemy wanted when he tried to convert Christians. He thought God had turned it on. No, God didn't turn it on in those he converted. Because God knew like he knew about Lucifer in heaven. No, you're not gonna stay with me long. You won't last long. And so he showed me that this this energy force is going to take the planet. It will take the globe, but it will do so with intelligence. It will do so with wisdom. It will do so with potency, but also a reverence for God. That's why you keep hearing me say, back God's praise, because you're auditioning. You are, uh, right now, you are auditioning to try to see if you're one of those that he'll turn on. Because he said that to me. I was in prayer. Put the mic down.
<laughs> your, your divine or your Godhead genetics. You, you did it. That's why Paul said, those of you who pray a lot, building yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Yeah. yeah. Because God is that thing that you thought it wasn't seen, but in a lot of you, it has become an, uh, an, an listen to this word, it has become a being of fierceness. And see, we have not seen the fierceness of God's people. And see, we've seen, because see, we back over there in other people, and that's fine. But those that God is getting ready to do what he's going to do with, I've talked to you about the, Isaiah 13, 3, God's mighty ones in the earth. Your, that might is going to be like nothing before. This is like we will be working with the angels of God and not as, okay, you go and we'll follow you. Not as Peter did, follow me out the door. Uh-uh. We are offspring of the Godhead. We are the God's genetic being. We are his genetic species. Our species, God's genetic. That, we are a species. We are a race of people. And it's not about our flesh. So if you're stuck up in white, black, male, female, you have already disqualified yourself because God's in it to win. Satan has already uniformed and universalized and united his forces. We've got to do the same thing, people. We've got to get over ourselves and get over Satan's script and over his narrative. Yeah. Powerful. Uh, so would you say then... Uh, and your generation and the one coming up and the next two, oh, my God, y'all pour into these kids. Yeah. Because they, they're not just going to be older people like we think. They're going to be middle ones who will move from that power if their parents pour it into them. So good. Parents, are you guys catching this today? This is powerful. We need to grab hold of this. Um, you've been talking about, you know, just, again, uh, apocalyptic children. Um, I want to encourage you guys to grab the documents if you haven't gotten them already. You can get them at drpaulaprice.com, as you mentioned um, before. But So then, essentially, I just want to ask you this. The apocalypse, then, isn't defined by the manifestation of the children of God because we've always been taught that it's defined by catastrophe. You know, uh, I think that just my eyes being open to this as you're speaking, then, are it's defined by the demonstration mm-hmm. of, of, of signs, wonders by God's kids. Mm-hmm. You know, I, would that, is that what you would say about that? Well, I think, yeah, it, first of all, it is defined by God's offering because life after Christ is defined by Jesus Christ. So if it's defined by Jesus Christ, then it's defined by him. We have A.D. Why do you think this university and Karen all want to take A.D. and turn it into C.E.? Because they don't want to realize that creation is a monarchy. They don't want to accept that because that kills democracy. Now, God is a monarchy in his strength. But beneath God, God has civilization where he lets himself rule and self-govern until they get ready to breach the laws of creation. Mm-hmm. When they get ready to breach the laws, laws of creation or, or destroy something that happens, then the monarchy kicks in. So we've been doing all right, and then we started not doing all right. And so the sovereignty is kicking in, and God always does that with his children. I read to you Judges last week. I read to you Judges where the angel had to take over because none of the humans, could regulate the land. What angel is that? The angel that took them into the promised land, the angel that got them out of Egypt or, or, or kept them along the way. So we, but, but see, even that's wonderful, but they're waiting for us. That's what that angel
literal citizen. Jesus is a literal citizen of the planet that he was born in. And so that is important for them because they weren't. So they are really, they have to be subject to a different law, the law of the mortals, but the immortals from God's realm down. Once we step up and God's able to flip this switch, and you're going to see that thing hitting, it's going to be amazing, I promise you. That thing is amazing. And when you see, and they will know it. See, the angels will recognize their countrymen. They will recognize their family, their relatives, and offspring. So when we talk about us being apocalyptic, yes, that's it. Think about the two witnesses in Revelation 11. That's a whole other species of divine, of, of God's children. But in Revelation 11, the two prophets, we're going to tie up the heavens. We're going to work all kinds of stuff. Yeah, that's what's going to happen. But that, that's a culmination. So that means that somewhere along the line, the species of Christian or the species of Jesus that elect changed. And then, don't you love so then, but think about it. Jesus says when the end comes, he said his angels are going to gather his elect, his elect, didn't say Christian, he said elect, from one end of heaven to the other. Huh? What are you talking about, Lord Jesus? And then one end of the earth. This being, trust me, this being exists right now. As some of you all, it's a seed that never nurtured it. You just, you know, you were so in love with the world or you still hated religion or whatever your reason was. And so you never bothered to go beyond the veil of religion. Religion is step one weeding for God. Step one. He said, you will, you will, if you seek me, he didn't say seek the religion. He said, you seek me, you will find me when you seek me with your whole heart. That God what? He rewards those that diligently seek him. So it was easier for us to toss God away and just let the institutional religious system take over than for us to press through that to find God. That's very important. So, yes, we are the first start because God gave his authority to Jesus and Jesus gave it to us. Matthew 28, 18 is apocalyptic as it can be. Go, disciple, nation. Those apostles reflected it. They, that's why, when you kidding, they don't care about them preaching. What they had promised was how that preaching was behaving and how it was actionizing and it was mobilizing against them. Now it's going to be literally billions of us. I'm telling you, I'm right. I know it. It's going to be at least two billion of us with the switches flipped. And God is going to use that. Enoch, same thing, apocalyptic. It's in the Bible because, you know, folks be telling me, no, I don't care. God said, you know, somebody did this way before, blah, 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 blah. I thought, well, that's nice, but they didn't do this because if they had, we wouldn't have the world we have today. Some of you are like me. You're going to, some of you may have already done it, met your new creation spirit. But see, there has to be the first group, like the apostles, who can say whether it's so or not. Because remember, Satan loves lying signs and wonders. Yeah. You know, they cover his blunders. Yeah. And so, you need to understand, but we are getting ready to see the, and you're going to know the difference in Christians. You're going to know that. Just like you all know I'm different. You tell me all the time, yeah, but yeah, 
and I'm the bearer, then you should probably listen to what God has given me to say. So you need to get online and do that and make sure you do as prophet said, get your briefing. Is that that how it is? Yes, and the question is, which versions of the Bible should we read? I know. You know what? I'm going to tell you the truth. I I still read the New King James is one of the best ones. If you get them before the 70s. Anything after the 70s, I don't know what kind of meeting they had, they started changing stuff. You know, we got remember back then, you know, but if you can get them anywhere between the, the 70s and forward, you're going to get a cleaner, more accurate version. But why? And the reason I say with King James is because of what I just said, and that is eternity is a monarchy. Yeah. That is why we were made, it didn't say we were made Democrats and Republicans. Right. It did not say that, did it? It did not say that we were made lobbyists. It said we were made a nation of kings and priests or a God. So we need to understand the mind of Christ because Jesus came as a mother. Mm-hmm. A prophet on top of that. And so, I don't know, I did the New King James, and then I like the uh, CSB or the HCSB. Now, they, they don't tend to do the prophetic piece as well, which is why I like the CSB. They don't do that as well. Another one, and I'm giving you these because I, I compare notes. I don't just give you what I see. This is not my preference. But another one that I love is the ISV, the International Standard Version. I, I like that one very much. So I, I, I just got, I went to eSource, and I just downloaded everything that I could that was free, except the NIV. I, I'm not a fan. I just am not. It may be, you know, it may, uh, this is, please don't take this as disparagement. I just have not found it lined up with the sovereignty of the Almighty the way I am accustomed to see. Yeah. You too? Yeah, all, all of the, the selected omissions from the NIV have a lot to do with Jesus and his sovereignty. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, that is one of the major issues. Can you recommend a site or something where they can get there? Or can yeah. you send it to them or post it on all the information about the NIV omissions? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have the, the, the booklet. It's called, I think, The Foundations That Were Destroyed. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, maybe on your page, but we have, it's like a white booklet, and it literally helps you to go tit for tat to know what was removed. But a website does it too, like if you can Google it, you can see what does the NIV omit, um, and, and there's a lot of comprehensive research on that. Excellent. And it's your job to understand that Satan does not want the apocalypse of the children of God, because he's already said his children are the apocalypse. Mm-hmm. But look at them. High, drugged, yeah. tattered, Ratty, yeah. you know, padded, pierced, perverse, you know, and uh, androgynous. You look at them. Mm-hmm. That's his apocalypse. Yeah. Now, ours is the solution and the reversal of that. I don't know about you, but I just think that's just powerful. That's powerful stuff. We're going to have a couple of um, online Zoom roundtables on this uh, in the not-too-distant future where we can hammer out some of this. Make sure you join us in June because this definitely will be a lot of attention given to this, uh, the, the apocalypse of the sons of God. Do you have any more, more things before she's got? No, I mean, okay. you sure? Uh-huh. She says she's good. Do you have anything? Because you are welcome. This is good. I just, you know, want to make sure that we're getting it. But I think we need to replay not just today, but this, the last several weeks because it's all really connects together. We mm-hmm. it ties together, and every time we're adding more, you know, line upon line, precept upon precept. So I just want to encourage you guys 
to be looking at this collectively. Go back through your notes. You'll see how things really begin to come together as you're listening to these broadcasts and even listening to Sundays. So you can start to build uh, your foundation in this so that we can really manifest. So this is about the doing. It's not just about our theorizing. So as you're listening to this, we want to encourage them. You know, we're not to just theorize this. We need to do this. We need to become this. Amen. Amen. And I want to say to you before we go, don't forget, next week we have a whole new uh, string of teachings that's going to keep you here and build you. And if you are called to this, one of the things that you're going to find is that you're stronger and more certain and potent after every listen. That means that your new creation, biology or biotic, is responding to this. If you're being fed, your spirit is like, whoa. And they say, oh, just what I needed. Oh, whatever. So, and you should. You're going to find just the things breaking off of you and popping off of you. Old habits, old ideas. They're just going to go because truly the darkness hates the light. That's just it. You know, the darkness hates the light. And so I want to tell you, lastly, let me tell you this. Let us as one make this entire weekend, the weekend that we expose the whole COVID hoax, and that we began to remove the principalities and the powers and the spirits from it. We're going to do Ephesians 6. We're going to extract the devil out of it, because when you do, humans are just more. And humans are vulnerable. So you need to do that, because from another, from a higher spirit, whether it's a higher power for them or for us, the highest. All right. That's good, y'all. All right. Um, we want you to go ahead and take a moment to sew, so we're going to give you an opportunity to do that. You can sew via Cash App. Her handle is Dr. Paula Price. No spaces, of course. And then PayPal.me slash Dr. Paula Price. You can also sew today via text to give, and that number is going to be 918-203-6625. 918-203-6625. You can so we're asking you to sew, and if you want to become partners and, and, and patrons of this program, this broadcast, we're going to ask you to visit us online at takingiton.com so that you can set up a recurring gift. Love you. We are the apocalyptic elect. We can break this thing and pull it down so each one of you prayer groups and prophetic companies and churches get ready to say, we command every unclean spirit that is maneuvering, backing, and manipulating this to seek and defend, and we command you to loose and leave. We draw you out of your human host in Jesus' name, and we remind you to the abyss. Amen and amen. God bless you. See you Sunday. Hey! God bless you. <laughs>